And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papanuda, papanu.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, bringing us today's topic on spellcasting and fire safety. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at form.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat, hi, Papa Newt. Uh, nice to hear the dulcet tones of Papa Newt across the recorded <laughs> airwaves. Thank you. I've told you a million times how much I like your voice. You just got a pretty voice, man. Um, Thank you. Know, you know that. Taurus throat thing. My voice, on the other hand, again, is still down in the lower registers. <clears throat> I'm singing tenor, not alto. Um, whatever that, whatever that fire did, um, the particulate matter, the cold I caught from the grandkids, the secondary uh, virus I got from my dear friend Eileen Edler, carrier of the cough. Um, I'm still. I'm still down in the lower register trying to cough off Mike. So um, I expect this is going to hang in for a while. It's not deadly. I'm not suffering. I'm just keeping on coughing. It's what's called a persistent, unproductive cough. <laughs> and um, and there you go. Uh, the only cure for it is time and Ricola herb drops. That's it. <clears throat> But things here at the Lucky Mojo are uh, chugging along just very nicely. We're still working on catching up after the evacuation that we went through from the Kincaid Fire. Seems like oh so long ago, but you can't lose that many days of work and have that many online orders pile up and get through them all at once. So we are um, working our way through them. I do want to welcome to Lucky Mojo a new and wonderful helper, she may only be with us for a while, but she stepped right up, and um, and we are so grateful. Um, Diana Prescott, a student of the Hoodoo Work Correspondence course, lives nearby, had the time available, and we've hired her temporarily, and um, to and we really are enjoying having her work here to work at the shop, and she's doing what you know what people call scut work. She's labeling candles. She's you know, bagging herbs. She's helping with everything that needs to be done that doesn't require a lot of training because she hasn't finished the course yet and she hasn't finished her apprenticeship training. But she's pitching in and doing everything. Also, want to thank uh, Summer, who is um, spearheading the herbs department and is doing a phenomenal job. And I want to thank Nicole, who has stepped up um, 
out of the lab and into the order entry world and is picking up data entry very quickly and is doing very well, well with it. We also have on uh, hand today Jenna and Rowena. Heidi, like me, is easily affected by um, floating particulate matter. She's more affected even than I am, and she's um, been having some downtime. We just want to wish Heidi strong lungs, Heidi, just strong lungs. And, mm. of course, um, everybody is, is um, doing their best. Um, the weekend crew is definitely doing their best. Steve, who's usually part of the weekend crew, <laughs> he he ran into some problems also during evacuation time and hasn't been able to get back on track. It had to do with his trailer. God knows, everybody's had some sort of a rolling disaster between Mercury retrograde and the evacuation. Mm-hmm particulate matter, and um, and <clears throat> fire safety. <laughs> this has been That's quite right. the time for us. We are working very, very hard to get back on track. So if you had an order with Lucky Mojo and it's late arriving to you, you can call the shop and you can bitch all you want, and we will listen with patience and quiet good feeling, and um, and we will be as considerate as we can be. If you have to cancel your order, we're perfectly open to that. We are catching up. These kind of natural disasters don't happen too often. When they do, you just have to live through them. And I have to say, we're grateful our place did not burn down. And I'm grateful to all the firefighters who saved our part of Sonoma County. But there were other people who lost their homes, and there were people who lost massive forest land, and, and of course, the animals lost their lives and their forest land. So there's been a lot of readjusting doing. I will say one other thing that I just have to give some praise to, a um, microbrewery in Santa Rosa, um, knowing that this fire was started by the Pacific Gas and Electric Company's negligence, as have pretty much all the other fires, and the explosion of the gas line in San Bruno, California, been caused by PG&E. <clears throat> they put out a nice beer called Fuck PG&E Beer. Um, and um, um, we, we're very proud of them for having done that. So that's what's new in our part of the world. Um, there was a lot of kickback, and people said, "Take it down! You're you're hurting the feelings of the line workers on PG&E." Yeah, well, still, fuck PG&E beer. I love it. All right, that's what's happening with us. Meanwhile. There have been fires in Southern California. Meanwhile, the fires have moved on to Australia. So, oh. um, so Contramanali, how are things down where you are in 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 your part of the world? Things are things are quite good. Uh, busy as as usual, but it does seem in such kind of weird way that the world is on fire. It, literally, not not figuratively, but quite literally. Mm-hmm. Between mm-hmm. the Amazon fire or a few months back, which is still mm-hmm. ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, fires in Northern California, the fires in Southern California, and now in Australia. It's been it's been crazy and hectic, but in a weird kind of interesting little twist this past weekend, um, I had to explain to a, a friend of mine from uh, across the seas who Vermin Supreme was, and I know you're a big fan of Vermin Supreme. Oh, I love Vermin Supreme. Yes, a pony, <laughs> a pony for every voter. Yeah, right, right. For, pony for every pony child. for everyone, and and uh, brush your teeth. Um, yeah, I had to I had to explain who he was, and it was such a delight trying to explain who this character is. For people who don't know who he is, please Google him. He's a fascinating facet 
uh, and feature of American politics and has been around for a while. It's just brilliant. So it was, a, it was a bit of a fun conversation last week, and I immediately thought of you. I'm like, I'll have to mention this to Kat when I talk to her. <laughs> yes. I've, I've, I love Vermin Supreme. If you don't know um, uh, who he is, um, he runs for president every four years. Um, yeah. And he's a he's a, a delightful person who lives the life he sings about in his song. He's not just a comedian; he's a lifestyle vermin <laughs> supreme. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing him up. There's been a couple of other interesting things going on. Everybody who's interested in organic chemistry owes it to themselves to drop by my Facebook page and scroll down till you find the posts on Honeycut and the adulteration mm. of THC oil with vitamin E acetate in um, from Leafly magazine and my comments on the rep, uh, resemblance of this to Jake Leg, the neurotoxic poison that was introduced into illegal liquor in 1930. And then read the most recent post where I completely flip out organic chemistry-wise and reveal my obsessive interest in white string band blues music and organic chemistry and um, and show that there is a God. I proved to myself that there is a God. And um, mm. one of my, a couple of my friends said, how does this prove there is a God? And the answer is, when I finally put it all together, and it's explained in this Facebook post, the relationship between Jake Legg and the vaping illness, my response when I read the 1943 um study on triorthocresyl phosphate and vitamin E acetate or tocopherol acetate, my first words out of my mouth were, oh, my God. Therefore, I have proved to myself mm. this is God. So check it out. It's fucking amazing. It's probably one of the most mind-blowing things that I've run across in the last few years. I can't explain it in less than 40 minutes, apparently, because I've tried to explain it to everybody. Maybe 20 minutes if I really rush it. you got to just sort of let it sink in and just go organic chemistry, white southern string band blues music, whatever. And, and, and now even the Vaping Illness now has its own official song, just like Jake Lake Blues. It's called Vape Hawk Blues, and it was written by my darling husband, Nagashiva Ironwood. <laughs> Head over so, to Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you got to go over to Facebook. It's all there. It's all there. It's all happening. All right. That having been said, <clears throat> Vapok Blues, I'm still hawking loogies myself. <clears throat> all of our non Americans uh, listeners are going to go, what does hawk? What does that mean? Doesn't that mean pawning? No. Hawking loogies means to cough up phlegm <clears throat> and generally to spit it out, too. <laughs> So, Vapok Blues. Um, oh, thank you for posting the uh, the URL for my Facebook page. Okay. Well, we have um, a wonderful topic today, but it's also a very frightening topic. With all of these fires and with various events that have occurred having to do with fire safety and spell casting, as usual, we're going to have our uh, guest, Elvira, bring us the message. But first I want to say hello to Elvira. Hi, Elvira. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Kat. How are you doing? I've already got a good amount. I didn't know that you were, um, shall we say, with loogies. 
Yeah, hawking loogies, so, yeah, right. <laughs> hawking loogies. Uh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Of course, when I come into work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't always see you until Wednesday. And um, at that mm-hmm. point, it's kind of like you're doing your readings, I'm doing mine. So mm-hmm. it's uh, interesting to note. I, I'm sad to hear that that is part of your uh, present state of being, but um, hopefully you'll get through it quickly. <laughs> well, I'm hoping. I am yeah. definitely hoping. Well, let's talk about the topic. As as usual, I'm going to introduce it a little bit. And um, um, the the um, the topic of fire safety is something that would not have to be part of hoodoo mm. practice. You understand, it doesn't have to be. But the real interest is that um, is that um, Candle magic has kind of come to the fore in hoodoo and in other forms of folk magic um, more than it used to be, say, in the 19th century. Um, Magic that was done with kitchen um, herbs and, um, you know, kitchen uh, comestibles such as vinegar and salt and, you know, things like that, things that were done with uh, herbs and roots that were picked in the woods, Things that were uh, spells that were done with foot track dirt, graveyard dirt, um, even things that were done with um, slightly rare and commodified um, ingredients such as lucky rocks, which are the ear bones of drum fish. All of these mm. types of things didn't involve uh, fire. And it was really only after the um, invention of the um, paraffin candle uh, after the Civil War that um, candle magic began to grow and grow and grow. And you you can read in my book, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, um, my history of how candles kind of became the supreme, easy go-to <clears throat> spell-casting technique. And Polly and I, we both deplored this on air, right, Polly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deplored oh, yeah. it because we feel that it, we've lost a lot of the bathing. We've lost yep. a lot of the... Yep. Uh, contact magic, we've lost a lot of um, herbal teas. All of these things have kind of gone by the wayside, and everyone just basically goes to the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and says, Miss Cat, what kind of candle should I burn? And that's their just that's what they think this is. One reason for this is not just the Internet, but television and movies, but particularly television. Um, yeah. Uh, in, on television, a flame has a, a certain bright quality that's very attractive, and um, there's a um, there's a uh, something in newscasting in uh, television uh, evening news always lead with a fire if you can, because a fire mm-hmm. looks and grabs the attention. It's something primeval, and people see it. Oh my God, it's a fire! And so fires have always been in the news, and then. In movies and in television, people put fires into shows that are about magic. They always have candles. To me, the one that really kind of tipped the Internet in this direction was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We would see Willow surrounded by the bazillion candles. And um, the skeleton key, same thing, it had candles. And I learned something in working with the people who made the skeleton key that they double wick those candles. They ask for them to be cast double wick, or they have to drill it down and put two wicks or a thick wick in because mm-hmm. they want the flame to be bigger than it normally would be, fatter, mm-hmm. thicker, because it'll catch the light of the camera, it'll catch the camera eye better. 
So people get this idea that you can't do magic without candles from watching television. And this is, it's a romantic notion, it's a media-inspired notion, but it has led to people using candle magic, and a lot of them don't know about fire safety. So I'm just going to mention two things. Number one, my own church burned down after 10 years of lighting candles in that church. And the reason it burned down... <clears throat> Although it didn't, we we were able to stop it. It didn't burn to the ground. It burned down, but uh, we rebuilt it. But um, the reason it burned was that it was a vigil candle, a glass candle that exploded. Well, that's kind of out of our control. We had found a lot of candles that were exploding, and it's because they changed the supplier for the glass. And instead of using more tempered glass or borosilicate, they used to silicate glass, and that glass was not fire safe, and the glass exploded, leaving paraffin to run everywhere, and there you go. The other one I Mm. want to bring up, and not to be too grim about it, one of my graduate students um, died in a house fire in, uh, I believe it was in Michigan, um, when her home altar caught on fire. She, her husband, and one of her children died, one child escaped, one daughter escaped. So think about this, folks. Every year, candles are the cause of fires in homes, and most of those candles mm-hmm. are not lit at the dinner table for um, you know, for romantic mood lighting. Those are on altars. Many, many people have altar candles. So having put up the warning, um, I'm going to turn this over to Elvira, okay? Wow. That's a good one. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I am a fire priestess, but I think that flame itself is the element, not the uh, candle. But I do use a lot of candles or I suggest it. But I also realize that there are other things that need to go into it. So I happen to find what you just said very interesting about the actual use of candles and fire and that kind of thing. And, of course, Remember, a lot of fire magic was done because they had a hearth, a fireplace, a fire pit. They lived with fire in their home or, you know, obviously part of their home. And even though they may have been kitchen witches or kitchen magic or any of that, it was part of the cooking process. So they learned techniques to keep um, their, I mean, it was just a natural outgrowth of how to live in those times when that was what you had. So I think mm-hmm. we've lost that as a premise. And, of course, there are things that I will kind of mention like um, if you're doing an altar, you be very, 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 very careful about curtains and claws that are hanging. Um, it's interesting you talk about a client of yours. I had a client of mine who had an altar with draped cloth behind it. And she, of course, the other part of this warning is, to be a lot alert when you're doing your work because she dozed and the whole thing got set on fire and she luckily woke up, but it did take a lot of, you know, effort to stop the fire from burning. So, mm-hmm. you know, for all of our exotic paraphernalia that we love to use, we need to be very conscious mm-hmm. of how we set our altar up and what is around it and, mm. um, what we want to put, I always make sure that, you know, I mean, obviously for my practice, I always have a bowl of water as part of my altar, but 
you have water. And truthfully, in this day and age, you have a fire extinguisher that is near where you can get at it so that if something actually does start to go wrong, you can get it quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to jump that. in. I want to jump sure. in here, too, about curtains, because I also made that mistake, although it didn't go very far. I had a, an altar working, and I've mentioned this before on the radio, it was an altar working for a fiery wall of protection spell, which is a ring of smaller candles around a crucifix candle, and then one candle off to the side, and it was to protect somebody. And I, at the time, mm. I had a tile-top table, fireproof table, um, and it was um, a coffee table height. And... Um, I had two fiery wall of protection spells I was doing for two clients who had both called me on the same day, which was really nutty. I mean, how many times does that happen? And they both <laughs> needed them done immediately. One needed to have a person who, um, who'd accuse them of trouble on the job to get out of the job. The other one needed um, a, a, a the, the man who she was pregnant by to get away from waving his 45 pistol in front of the battered woman's shelter where she was hiding. Okay, So I did them both. The one for the uh, the job uh, person, the the firewall protection just burned just fine. They were burning right next to each other, burned just fine. The one for the um, the man with the 45 pistol, um, the whole thing went up in flame. And it the curtain, I had a curtain. I didn't even know that curtain would blow that far. You know what I mean? That the, mm. the swing of the curtain would be that far. But I was there because I was going, wow, one of these is burning like so high, and the other is like very mannerly. And then the curtain blew in. But I was right there when it happened. And I just literally ripped the curtain off and stomped on it and put it out. I didn't even need a fire extinguisher. But had mm-hmm. I not been there, the whole of the Lucky Mojo building would have gone up. What I found out afterwards was that the the very mannerly firewall of protection went very well. By 9.30 the next morning, the woman was fired and escorted out of the job site by security. But the other gal, I had to call her and said, I had to put your whole thing out. And she'd go, oh, well, I forgot to tell you that his mother is a root worker from Louisiana, blah, blah, and has him protected. Mm-hmm. And he's been protected oh, since birth, and he can't be set on fire. I'm like, oh, well, great. Thanks for telling me now. And I just <laughs> I refunded her money, and I said, I, I'm not going to do this work because it was obviously very dangerous for me. And I also felt she had been un, not dishonest, but not unforthcoming when she just told me blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I, I dismissed her as a client with a refund. So this happens. These things happen for spiritual reasons. Yeah. And sometimes something catching on fire can be part of the working in a weird way, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. So, but, and, you know, the other thing is, is that a lot of times people like to do them outside, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, the the first thing. And, and I know that from having worked at Lucky Mojo, and you do have a lot of, you know, when that candle work was done, some of it was outside and, you know, in the uh, outside of the actual church. But it was always, you know, sweep up all the leaves and mm-hmm. put back your, your bushes. And if there's anything like a low-hanging trees, you know, cut them, move them, you know, or find a place that does not have that because, those are this is practical stuff, but you know sometimes we don't get practical. We get into the I'm so you know into this magical thing and we're going to do it. But it's really important to keep this in mind because sparks fly and things happen. Um, yeah. I will say sidebar is that when I went to visit my daughter in Arkansas, 
last, it was July, and they were setting off fireworks. And Californians have, an, have a hard time with lots of fireworks if they're not in a controlled environment. And they're setting them off in the street and people's backyards. And we happen to be at one, and I'm watching the things go up into the trees and the sparks go. And, of course, I was so ready to run because I was, I'm trained. That's what we have to, you know, be careful. Mm-hmm. But it was so moist and damp because of mm-hmm. the humidity and the wetness of that area that it didn't, um, it wasn't part of that problem. But I still believe no matter where you are, please be careful of the those kinds of shrubberies and things because um, I don't care how wet they are. There's always a way to catch something on fire. You know that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to jump in with one more thing because I'm um, looking sure. at the pictures that Nagashiva posted in promoting this show. One of them was a picture of a very 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 large fused quartz crystal ball with a white handkerchief over it and hanging in oh. front of it is a thurible with an incense stick. That was the crystal ball that we had in our church and that before it burned down. And the reason you have to cover crystal balls with a with a handkerchief or a, a, mm-hmm. a velvet cloth or something when not in use, people say, oh, it's to keep it spiritually pure. No, it's to keep it from catching things on fire because a crystal ball is a magnifying glass. That crystal ball, which was on the uh, northwest corner of the church building, only at particular time of the year when the sun was much to the south and only in the afternoon there was a period of about 15 minutes only in which light struck for maybe about two months light struck through that crystal ball and that crystal ball was sitting on a nest of petition prayers from the crystal silence league we print out and we still do this Mm -hmm. we print out the crystal silence league prayers and we put them under a crystal ball and i was in the um church doing a reading and I smelled smoke like a little poof and I thought what is that and I got up and it nothing burned but one of those papers was turning brown and then I looked and it was almost like you could have mapped the angle of the sun day by day the corners of these little papers each one was turning brown and I thought oh, wow. oh my god and I thought if this keeps up something will catch on fire and and so we began to cover the crystal ball with a cloth when it was not in use and that and, and, and Shiva points out that was fused quartz, and that crystal ball was the only thing that survived intact in the church while it was burning. It was on a on a glass bowl that had these these prayer papers under it, and then that was on top of a terracotta stand, which was beautiful Art Deco terracotta stand. The stand, the terracotta cracked open everything, the, the glass um, bowl underneath, but the crystal ball fell to the ground and was completely unharmed because it takes over 3,000 degrees of Fahrenheit to melt a fused quartz ball. It wasn't Funny enough, that's an old, that's actually an old joke too, is a guy walks into a spirit shop and buys a crystal ball and the shop owner's like, make sure that you cover your crystal ball. And you're like, oh, because of spirits. Mm-hmm. No, honey, because it'll catch fire. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it, 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 because yeah. it's true, it actually will. Um, yeah. The other thing I, I want to mention in terms of like fire safety is that you you have to be careful with candles in general. Um, when it comes to dousing them, water be it doesn't always work well with candle fires. Uh, so you, if you don't have a fire extinguisher, you should be dousing your candles in sand. 
Um, and in yes. fact, one of the things that I do uh, is I actually burn candles in sand. Uh, it's very useful for kind of diffusing the heat, dispersing it, uh, easy way to snuff out. Um, most people get really into decorating their altars, and they decorate it with altar cloth, and that's great and fantastic. But then they forget that if they're lighting candles, even if it's a candle, they're on in some type of candlestick or candle holder, all it takes is for a small flame to fall from that candle to set your altar on fire. So I always actually burn, I don't burn directly on the altar cloth. I burn on rocks and stones uh, or on metal plates or things that will diffuse. So I have a cookie sheet and underneath it there's like a thin uh, bit that separates the the metal from the uh, cloth so that it doesn't heat up. And and I've done that for years in order to ensure that uh, you know I don't cause any fires by accident. Um, I don't leave flames unattended. I also use heat-proof dishes uh, mm-hmm. that you can burn candles directly on, not not just reg- any old dish that'll crack if if it lights on fire. So you got to be careful. The other thing, I had a client once uh, burn a skull candle, and you know how much wax there is in those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had stuffed it uh, so that when it burned down, and it got a nice thick wick as it is, when it got down to the bottom, it caught fire. The herbs had caught fire, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. heat cracked. The heat cracked the plate and ended up burning her altar cloth. And, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is why I always tell people, heat-proof dishes, heat-proof dishes, right? Like. I, I, you've heard me on the show say it over and over again, heat-proof dish or heat-proof uh, carry for incense and candles because it's be- it's really your best way to ensure that you're not catching – you can decorate the shit out of your altar, but then make yeah. sure you use something heat-proof that you burn your candle on. Exactly. Yeah, this is exactly. this is so true. Use Pyrex if you're going to use glass, but there's really no need to use glass. You want metal or stone. Yeah. Yeah. And metal is even uh, better than stone, but you don't want just raw metal. And what um, what uh, was mentioned before about lighting candles in a pan of sand, this is something yeah. I teach in the book I wrote, um, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. And uh, a lot of people thought, what is she talking about, this pan of sand thing? But I picked this up in the spiritual church movement, especially at the mm-hmm. Mount Zion yeah. Spiritual Temple in Oakland, California, where um, King Louis Narcisse, had these metal pans, and these were like big hotel service pans. Very, you know, they were heavy, silver plated. They looked very ornate. They had sort of rococo edges, very beautiful. But they were heavy, probably stainless steel that was silver plated. And they had clean aquarium sand. And then you would go up and you would light your candles when you would have an altar. service or an altar call and they would be stuck in there and there's a picture that was loaded in respect to this uh, show that shows uh, uh, some beeswax candles it shows some narrow tapers and some wider ones the wider ones were the kinds we usually used and you would Mm -hmm. write your prayer around the bottom of the candle on a piece of paper and and uh, tape or glue that together and then stick that down so the paper was below the level of the sand Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. those were left burning in the sand. And I have found an online uh, film archive of King Louis Narcisse in his home. And um, he sings a song. And at the very end of the song, you can see the camera pans by and you see these pans, exact same pans that I've talked about all these years, finally showed up online. So you do a pan of sand is very good. And another thing, if you're going to use um, uh, a, a metal bowl, is to line that bowl with sand or put some sand mm-hmm. in it because with repeated use, copper, 
or even brass will burn through. Um, if yeah, it's it constantly, it constantly like an incense burner, those will burn mm-hmm. through. And so that's why you line an incense burner with sand. You can also yeah. use salt. Some people like prefer salt, but um, sand is easy to get. And um, don't use dirt because often dirt will have enough stuff in it to burn, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Mm-hmm. And that, it won't. True. It's not so good. You just go down to a pet shop where they sell aquarium goods and say, I would like some clean aquarium sand. And it comes in different natural colors. You can even buy dyed colors if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I, I, I really mention, believe in that. Go ahead. I should, we should mention that the pans of sand are still in use uh, in many shrines in the Near East and the Middle East, uh, Jewish shrines and Eastern Orthodox shrines. If you go and visit uh, them, what they'll have is a little uh, – area. Usually you can find pans filled with sand and people will light their candles, say their prayer, and stick it right in there um, yes. as a way of making sure. This is why you know they, they've been doing this for centuries. Shrines don't burn down very often because of this reason, even though we're talking about thousands of candles a week uh, get burned at these areas and it's because they use this, this method and it works really well. And if you're a root worker who does this, you can add not a lot, but just a little pinch of a sachet powder to that sand, mix it in, and then you've now you've repurposed it from just being safe to being something spiritual. Don't put enough powder that it, de- that, you know, it defeats the purpose of burning in this sand. But if you add in a pinch, for example, let's say you're doing reversal work. Put in a pinch of reversal powder into that sand and then douse, as those candles come down, douse those candles in it. You've now added a spiritual component to it. So there's ways of kind of working uh, safety and spirituality hand in hand. The rocks that you burn them on can be decorated with sigils and whatnot or the stones that you burn on. These are all things that you can do um, to kind of incorporate spirituality into the safety. They can go hand in hand with one another. I'm going to say that with the sachet powder we make is made uh, safely to be non-toxic with arrowroot, and I would prefer bath crystals um, rather than that because that's made with salt. But that's just me. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to also mention that a lot of us live with places that have smoke detectors, which when you consider using incense, you have to be aware of too, and any flame or using leaf sage the potential mm-hmm. spark. So um, always, even in cold weather, open a window so you have your your smoke detectors don't go off, and you do need to watch your smoke as much as you do the flame when you're dealing with that. One thing I do wish to also point out is a lot of work is you burn the paper, you burn the, you destroy, um, and one of the ways is with flame um, petitions or pictures or any of that. And, something I've begun to say to my clients, whether they're in California or not, is that whatever you do, you cool those ashes completely before you go put them at a crossroads or mm-hmm. in a trash mm-hmm. can or, you know, even in the in a river, which I tend to have an issue with because of pollution, even though it is a nitrite at that point. And, uh, but it is something you have to be much more aware of, of cooling those ashes. Because that is mm-hmm. one of the things that I've had more than one person have a, and believe this was just taking the ashes out of their fireplace, no particular spiritual thing, and they throw them on the ground and they start fires. They, we've had a couple small ones, believe it or not, in our area that um, wow. that's how they actually started. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, incenses, incenses do produce embers and coals, and um, mm-hmm. and they can stay. Um, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go back to something else, too, mm-hmm. which was, um, uh, Nagashiva said, I remember people talking about burning glass and case candles in their sink or tub. So, yes and no, and I want to say a couple of things about that. If you put a yeah. glass and case candle in a big, deep bowl and half fill the bowl with water, people say, oh, well, then mm-hmm. if, it go, if it explodes, it'll be in the water. No. Do not do that because when the level yeah. of the flame hits the water, the glass will crack right then because you've just right. you've, you've, it's it's going the glass will not withstand it. And now if you didn't if you put in too much water or whatever, you have still too much wax left. You've got just hot wax everywhere, flame everywhere. No, no, no. Do not put those in water. Put them in sand. Put them in sand. Get a if you want to get a big stainless steel mixing bowl. Put in a layer of sand. Put your glass candle in that. That will work a bucket or pail. You can even read this back in the days when Harry Hyatt was interviewing uh, root workers, African-American root workers. He talked to 1,600 people. And there's one lady he talks to, and she's in New Orleans, and she's very clear. She says to him, you need a wash tub. And you're going to put, Mm -hmm. because you know candles can catch a fire. And she explains Mm -hmm. that you have to have a wash tub. Now, a wash tub, you know, you you can buy these still at old uh, feed stores and hardware stores. That's fairly large. She was burning a lot of candles for a lot of clients. She put them in a wash tub. Now, the other thing is the fireplace, the um, the bathtub, the sink, and the oven. People use a fireplace, and if you have a fireplace, put them in. Don't put any fire in. Just put the candles in the fireplace. Use the flue. Same if you have them in your oven if you can. The flue will work. Sink may be okay if you don't have curtains, and bathtub okay if you don't have shower curtains. That's all exactly. i got to say on that. One last thing quickly, walk animals, cats and dogs. That's another thing that you have to be aware of with flames and where you do your magic. Yes, yes, watch your animals. Okay. Wow, okay, we've run over time, and we're going to have a call from uh, a a client. And Papa Newt, sorry to crimp your time, but we're here. Go ahead. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Miss Elvira, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, ever scribing down home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who signed out at a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller, and our first uh, our caller is calling in from area code 865 in Tennessee. This is a first-time caller, Aspen. Aspen, are you there? I am. Hello, and welcome to the show, and thank you for entrusting us with your situation this evening. Now, I'm looking at your information here. You have not had any readings with uh, Conjurman Ali or uh, Miss Cat or any other readers on this particular situation. Is that correct? Correct. All right. And Aspen writes, a few years ago, I dated someone that was practically cruel and toxic for me. In the years since, my health has declined and my prosperity runs low. Uh, Despite being in much more positive life situations, I recently found uh, one of his spiritual belongings among my things and have the ritual remnants 
from an, an abortion we, uh, we had during our time together? Are my down, downhill problems a result from lasting ties to him? And if so, what can I do to separate myself from his energies? Turn back to you, Ms. Kat. Wow. Well, mm. my gosh. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I can do a reading on that, but I don't need to throw a card. <laughs> Seriously. Um, been there, done that, had that. Elvira, um, have, have you ever had that happen? What? Where I've had someone spiritually... A spiritual tie to someone that you had a ritual remnant with. Well... Yes and no. Well, you're luckier, you're luckier than me then, because I can say yeah. yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> no, I had yes, but no, no would be the way it would go. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to ask. Um, uh, Aspen, what is your um, sign of the zodiac? I am a Cancer, uh, Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, and Leo rising. Oh. How very interesting. That's an unusual mix. And this person, um, what was the person's sign of the zodiac? I I don't know. You don't know I their don't birthday? Remember. You don't remember their no, birthday? No, it, it, it's been a few years, and I've tried very hard to okay. forget. All right. Okay. Um, um, okay, so unknown. Well, um what um, Ali said in the chat is exactly what I was going to say. Cancers are, he wrote, pretty susceptible to this type of stuff. I would say cancers are among the most susceptible mm-hmm. to this kind of thing, mm-hmm. along with Pisces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm seeing here is um, very high chances, but I will read the cards as well. Okay, because I don't want to just like, you know, say, oh, my heart said so. And I will give you a reading. I am um, going to say that when this happens, you are going to need to do some remedial work. So pay attention to the remedial work that's going to be discussed later. Okay. Um, Okay. So here we go. And I'm just going to throw out the three cards that I have. I've shuffled. And uh, card number one, (laughs) very hysterically funny, is um, a card that tells me you are susceptible to this and you need to get away from it. It is the Eight of Cups. And this shows a person having to turn back. Um, It's a watery card. It's cups. There's a moon above, which rules cancer. This person has come down to the beach, down a river to the shore, and there's now kind of a a little estuary, and there's these cups, and one cup is missing. The cup that's missing is variously interpreted as disappointment or something stolen. And there's a person walking away into the darkness. This could be interpreted as he actually took a little, eh, what we could call a soul fragment of you, and uh, and has walked away into the darkness. Or it can mean that you yourself have to turn back from this whole relationship because it can never be mended. It's a a sad card, and it's a card whose sadness usually strikes women more than men, and it's a card that tells me you have been affected. Whether he did this on purpose or not would really be another question, but you have found this article, and 
you definitely need to deal with it. Okay. Now, um, uh, card number two is another cup card. And this is more unambiguously a sorrowful card. It's the five of cups. It shows a person in black um, looking down at three spilled cups. And this represents a ruined family relationship or something to that effect. And this is where the Cancerian nature comes, because Cancers grieve longer than others, as do Pisces, and they tend to have a harder time recovering from a spiritual shock. And not to say that they're bad for this, because they're also much more highly psychic than other people, but they they tend to, that's their set point, is to be psychic. So there is something here that needs to be dealt with ritually. Across the river from this standing person is a ruined stone castle. There is water flowing under a bridge. And in fact, if you were to put these two cards, and I'm using the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, and if someone wants to follow along and put these two cards together, you'll see that they virtually match up. And it's almost like it's the same. It's like you kind of turn the corner in the same landscape and the water flows away under this bridge. So you have to to water under the bridge is a metaphor, and it means you have to let it the past be the past. So uh, my feeling about this is that, yes, you there is something here that is difficult, that is a remnant, and it is time to deal with it. Now, there are many ways you can deal with leftover spell and remnants, and we're going to, obviously, you'll get some uh ideas about this. One way is by burning them, and the other way is by disposing of in water. Looking at these two cards, my feeling is throwing something off the Tallahatchie Bridge, if you remember that old song, is what we're... <laughs> some, I got a laugh out of Elvira, right? No, no, um, that was, that was me. Oh, that was the, that was the client. Okay. Um, you got to throw something off the Tallahatchie Bridge, because that's what this is about. It really is go to a bridge, and but I'm not going to give you your spell work. Someone else is going to. But I'm looking at that, saying that would be the way to that I would indicate by these cards that the disposal should be um, dealt with. And the third card is a very lovely card, and it is the High Priestess. It's a card of a water moon goddess, a priestess of the moon, a woman who is multicultural. She has on a moon, crotus, cra, um, a moon crown of the goddess Isis as Hathor, a triple moon crown. She has a Christian cross on her bosom. She has the Torah scroll of Judaism on her lap, and she has a big crescent moon of Islam on her feet. She has pomegranates behind her, um, which stands for her fertility. I think you can get through this. I think you can... Um, ritually dispose of this. You seem to know about ritualism. And and she is a water being. She's dressed in a garment of water and her clothes are, are all blue and watery and they just sort of drift off out of the edge of the card. That's my reading on it. All right. I'm going to turn this over to Elvira. Oh, well, all right. So really oh, I'm, quick. Yeah, yeah. Go oh, ahead, go Elvira. Ahead. No, no, no go darling, ahead. go. Okay. Um, what is funny is is that I tend to go with what she's talking. I do three cards, but I do kind of six. But um, I have the two of cups, the five of swords, and the page of wands as the baseline of what's happened, which is the love affair that created a bunch of negativity, which is the defeated card. And you're having to go out on a journey of your own. The, the, the page of wands is going out on a journey by himself or herself. Um, but the second set 
is the justice card, the four of pentacles, and the high priestess. I found that really interesting. Oh, you got the high priestess it, too. I got yeah. the same thing, yes. Mm. And, you know, with two major arcana cards going on either side of a minor arcana card, I would say that, again, justice being one of them, to receive the justice of balance, you need to go to the high priestess level, which is the spiritual level, and work with that to release what has been held too tight inside, whether it is by a spiritual object or, um, you know, the spiritual abortion that has tied you in some way with the, together to return and get your card, the fool, which is freedom. Now, obviously, I look at this as the outcome that you go down the road not in foolishness, but in total freedom because it is the part of Uranus. So gaining your own sense of empowerment is what you need to find now. And through the remediation, I believe you will have some very powerful tools to do this with. Well, I'm going to say something else, too. In Japan, there is a very strong anti-abortion movement, like there are in some other countries. And when I was in Japan, I was very surprised to find that I was with a woman who was an interpreter. And there were all of these little, um, I guess you would call them little memorial stones. And I asked my uh, my friend interpreter, what what does this mean? And she was very outraged. She goes, Oh, these are so they're your, they're the, they're the Buddhist equivalent of of right wing Christians, and they hold ceremonies uh, for the uh, aborted fetuses, and they are called water babies. And I went, Water babies? How interesting! Because you see, they never leave the amniotic fluid, and. She was very outraged that they had defaced a beautiful old Buddhist temple by putting in this whole corner for the water baby. She just hated it. But it was an interesting idea that the, that the fetuses must be um, dealt with as water spirits. And so I just give you that, okay? Now, having said that, let's turn this over to Ali. Thanks. Yeah, I've got, I've got some uh, root work for you, but first let me ask you, um, what what object is it? Is it something cloth? Is it metal? What is it that you has been left behind here? Um, it is uh, cloth from I, I had a home abortion, and so mm-hmm. I had created a burial cloth, and so there's pieces of cloth from the burial cloth, and uh, I had created a sigil for mm-hmm. the spirit. And so there's also paper with the sigil and the uh, the fetal photo that they take. Okay. Ultrasound. So what, what I, okay. So what I want you to do is take all of that, take it to a fire pit. Uh, you can find these bonfire pits anywhere. If you can't find one locally, you can make your own kind of fire pit. Um, and you're going to, to burn it. You're going to dump it in this fire pit. I want you to pour jinx killer incense over it just take some jinx killer incense and sprinkle it over it and light this on fire and let it burn down this is a way to get rid of whatever that object is uh, and remove it spiritually whatever may be lingering with it return home and wash yourself Uh, you're going to use a spiritual bath of agrimony rue basil and mint these four are going to work really well uh, for what you're looking to do in this situation, both to kind of break this uh, connection that might be there, anything residual, any kind of negativity, break that. But also uh, basil and mint have a sort of uplifting, uh, clearing sort of quality to them that work really well here. 
You're going to brew this into a tea, and you're going to add in a pinch of salt that you've prayed over, and you're going to bathe yourself in this. Uh, wash yourself, cleanse and purify. Pray as you're doing so uh, that you be cleansed, that you be purified. Uh, you can add hyssop if you want. If there's any kind of residual emotional connection there, any type of feelings of guilt or doubt or hesitation, hyssop is another thing that you can add in here. But I think agrimony, rue, basil, and minder are ideal. You add that pinch of salt, you, you bathe in this, wash yourself, uh, cleanse yourself, purify yourself, and let yourself air dry. Gather a bit of that uh, bath water. You can just gather in a bowl of some sort, etc. And you're going to take this to a bridge, as, as Miss Cat pointed out. And you're going to throw it over your left shoulder from the bridge into running water, letting it run away from you, and then walk away without looking back. When you come home, have set up before you leave by your door a brand new knife and some Florida water. You're going to take the Florida water and you're going to go onto the stone near your house. It can be concrete, but asphalt works really well for this situation, better than, than concrete because concrete is kind of porous and it sinks. You're going to pour in a small ring-like shape uh, some Florida water. And you're going to stand outside it. This is a small ring, not a giant circle. Small ring of Florida water that you're going to light uh, you're going to take that large knife and you're going to cut the ring. Cut the ring, letting the kind of tip of the knife drag through the fire, touching the stone. You can hear it. Cut through it. Let the fire burn completely down. Let the Florida water burn completely down. You're going to take the knife and you're going to stab it into the dirt uh, near your house, facing away from your home. This is to cut anything that once you've disposed of the object itself and cleansed yourself, you want to ensure that that even once it's gone, there's no link that is left. Because what we're seeing here is not just a residual, but a sort of almost parasitic, vampiric link that we want to cut and ensure that it can't return. Some people don't even do this intentionally. It can be entirely unconscious. So this is why I recommend you do this Florida water bit. Stabbing that knife into the ground is a good way of uh, protecting yourself and keeping yourself safe. You're going to take the rest of the bottle of Florida water and you're just going to pour it over that knife. Uh, and then you're going to forget this entire thing. And this is a very important component of it. Once you've done this working, once you've finished it, you leave it behind. You never think about it again. You never worry about it. You never let it plague you ever again. And this, what this will do is ensure that both the residual energy, residual spiritual force is removed, that you are cleansed, uh, that you cut any ties, and then that you are protected. That knife of yours that you've stabbed there is going to be your personal talisman that will keep you safe from harm and keep you safe from anyone who wishes you ill. Um, it's a kind of, kind of multiple-step working here, but you clearly have some knowledge of spiritual matters and clearly have some knowledge of, of, of ritual work, so this should be pretty easy for you. Um, I would recommend that once you've finished all of this, once it's all cleansed and purified and whatnot, you do need something that will pick you up. Consider uh, getting for yourself some type of lucky talisman or some type of lucky charm that will be yours. It doesn't need to be a mojo bag, though a mojo bag is ideal, uh, but you can get anything. It could be an, uh, 
you know, jewelry that you like. It could be something lucky that is an heirloom. It can be a coin. And you're going to anoint it with Van Van. And the reason Van Van is Van Van is fantastic for both clearing away messes but also empowering. It's got a, a really good quality of turning bad luck into good. And in situations like yours, it can be exactly the boost you need uh, to kind of turn your situation around so you don't feel low of energy, you don't have bad luck, you don't have things going wrong. It can kind of give you that little perk-me-up boost to get things back on track. And it is essential that you do that after everything else has been kind of removed. Uh, I've always been told that once you remove something, you need to fill it in with something positive. And we always used Van Van and John the Conqueror as kind of the two that we turn to the most. But in your instance, I think Van Van will be ideal. That's okay, my okay. I can't, I can't wait anymore because we're going to run out yeah, of time. Yeah. I disagree very, very strongly with you, Ali, and I have never disagreed with you before on a spell. I've never disagreed with you before on a spell. But this is a first, folks. I really disagree with him. Everything he said is fine, except for I'm a woman who has had eight abortions, okay, eight abortions, just saying. Now, how did I have eight abortions? Well, they were illegal. There wasn't at morning after pills, just saying I was too fertile for my own good. I'm telling you, lady, I would not burn that thing. I would not burn. That's a man thing to say. I just, I'm sorry. I'm just going to jump down his throat with my fist, okay? Pow. Get it and take don't burn that. There's two ways to dispose of things, running water and fire. Do not burn that. Do not burn that. Do not burn that. Do not burn that. And you're a cancer. And do not burn it anyway. Take that ritual item that you have and pray over it and throw it off the bridge. I am this is this is really a first. And I love you, Ali. I love you. I love you. But I don't think you've ever had That's an abortion. Fine. That's fine. You've never had an abortion. So No, no, I've never had an abortion. Yeah, okay. Go uh, go listen to the record by Bobby Gentry, okay? Okay, just just going to say, just throw it off the Tallahatchie Bridge. You know what I'm talking about. Take, pray over it, and throw it. Everything else he said, come back, bathe yourself, all that, the knife, great, all good, but don't burn that thing. That's my opinion. It's a water baby, it goes to water. And pray that, that this water baby go to water and let it go, okay? That's my, I'm sorry. Thank okay. you. <laughs> I quickly, quickly, quickly. I know I'm on the add-on, but really quickly, please go to Sandra Ingerman's website and look for a soul retrieval uh, practitioner, a shamanic soul retrieval practitioner, because I believe on all things that will help too. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is a return client calling in from area code 609 in New Jersey. This is M. M, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to the show. Now I'm seeing here that uh, you called in before um, a couple, two years ago, and you were told that you needed additional counseling on um, how to effectively remove a generational curse and, and blocks that you've experienced. 
Um, it looks like you are also calling back in uh, kind of to report back because uh, you had some serious, uh, that serious uh, genera uh, generational curse. Um, let's take a look here. All right. And M writes, I've done my own work, but I've, I've had a friend uh, do spiritual response therapy uh, to remove any blocks in my ability to effectively attract lasting romantic love. Uh, spirit led my friend to know I was blocked heavily in the womb re uh, region of spirit and that these blocks were removed and no longer pose obstacles for me in the love po uh, portion of my life. However, I was told I still have negative entities that uh, target my, uh, me regularly. My question is, was the generational curse, these blockages, removed effectively so I can receive long-lasting romantic love? Turn back to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, let's ask a couple of questions here. Um, okay. What is your sign? Um, it's Libra. Libra, okay. And um, about how old are you? Um, I'm 34. I just turned it in September. 35, okay. All right. Well, let's take a look at this. Um, your first reader is um, going to be Ali. Thanks. So I've, I've pulled a few cards here, and, and I'm going to discuss it. But first... So you've already had spiritual work done in order to remove the kind of blockages. Uh, and now you want to know, are they gone? Can you move on? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. So there are a couple things here. First, we do have the very first card is the devil card. And the devil card is an indication of where things were. Here we have a clear sign that this is a problem. Um, that you were faced with a real spiritual oppression, with a real issue, that this wasn't something that you made up. It certainly wasn't simply you being oversensitive. There was something going on here, and it was spiritual in origin, and it was dark, and it was heavy, and it was oppressive, and it was tied very clearly to your ability to uh, love, to find fulfillment, uh, to find uh, meaning and happiness in a partnership because we see here the figure of Baphomet holding his hand up in a sort of mockery, if you will, of the lover's card um, while two young imps are bound to a block underneath him. So this is love that has been perverted, love that has been made dark. And this here uh, is an indication that there's that there was a problem. The good news is is where you currently are at, and that is the Ace of Cups. Here is a golden goblet in which a dove is flying into and water is overflowing. Uh, this is a blessing on the womb. Uh, you were worried in particular about uh, your womb and worried about the blocks that were there. Uh, this card here shows us that there's something has been cleansed away, that something has been removed, that darkness has been eliminated, that the bonds that bound you, to, that kept you from happiness, that kept you from finding uh, fulfillment, uh, those have been removed. And now the time of blessing has arrived, that you are now in a good place, a happy place, uh, spiritually, uh, that to, find, to move forward. So the Ace of Cups is good. It's a kind of a clear indication that you've been blessed, that the darkness has been removed, and you can move forward. The question is, 
what's coming next. And that's what we see in the temperance card. The temperance card says that, look, you're going to have to balance out a little bit of spirituality with a little bit of practical work to get back onto your feet. That it's not just going to be smooth sailing now that all of this has been removed. It's going to take a little bit. Once the roads have been mangled and crossed up, it takes a while to find your way back. So be patient. Don't put yourself under any type of pressure. Don't put yourself under type of any uh, undue expectation. Simply allow yourself to figure it out and do so with a balance of practical work and spiritual work. If you want to get back into the dating pool, that'll, that's going to involve you actually leaving your house, doing practical things uh, to, to address that. This also is an indication that you should begin working with a positive spirit, uh, a guardian, an ancestor, an angel, uh, who will become your ally going forward, someone who will ensure to kind of balance out the kind of negative impulse that you've been experiencing, the negative spiritual experience that you had. So you need to kind of flip the switch, if you will. Uh, if you don't already have a practice with ancestors, something you should consider here. If you don't have a regular prayer practice, something you should develop here. Work with an ancestor if you're comfortable working with ancestors. Work with angels if you're comfortable working with angels. But that's going to be the key to really helping you move forward. Uh, there is going to be a bit of a wait. Be patient here. Um, you're not going to have an immediate, you're not going to find your soulmate, your partner, you know, next month. It's going to take a little bit. You know, there's going to be a couple options that I see here. You're going to have a, a mix of kind of people that will arrive, and you'll have to filter through some of them. That's what's going to happen over the next few months. And then I sense that around February of next year, early March, is when you'll really find the person that you're meant with, and that's when you'll, a sudden light switch will go on. And you'll clearly see the path that's been laid out for you. But the months leading up to it, a little bit murky. Just be patient with it. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Alvira, who's going to do your next reading. Well, it seems like we've got a pattern here. Um, I pulled up the first card. I pulled up this temperance. <laughs> oh, my. So, Funny. I know. I know. This is, this is getting very interesting. The temperance <laughs> card, of course, represents... Um, as Ali has mentioned, I, I'm looking at, you know, where we are, what we need to do, but the temperance part to me is changing the energies and moving. You have done the change. It has moved, but it's, you know, still going to take time. The temperance card is an alchemical card, um, one of the highest ones in the deck. So you have changed the lead and the garbage to the gold. On a spiritual level, now the physical level needs to be taken place. You've got the world, which is the other card, and that is the dance, the actual, you know, getting out, being seen, doing the things you need to do. It's very Saturnian. It's like, here I am, and um, learning to play. It's it's time to, to take enjoyment in the world. The fact that I come down in a V, actually, with the Ace of Swords and the Hierophant, it will take time to finish removing the physical limitations you have felt upon you, like the physical, I don't want to get involved, I don't feel I can do this kind of a thing, that's kind of the mental mindset that you've kind of been in, but the higher font does tell me that a formal relationship is coming, and I will concur with um, Conjurman Ali, that it's, it's this card is Taurian, so, you know, somewhere around March, you know, the, the March, April, May timing of, of you know, where things start to take on a more um, earthy base for you to actually ground it. 
Wow. That's very interesting. What an interesting coincidence to have the temperance card in both. All right, yeah. So what we're seeing here is that um, what you were told by the um, professional readers, psychics, and um, you know healers that you've seen is true. You have been um, released from past bonds, but there. And you're asking, is it a generational curse? That was part of your question. And in these cards, the one that only one that really sounds like a generational curse is that devil card. And um, so that is kind of a sharp indication that there was a curse. But really, so much work has been done on your behalf that you're you're fine and you're fine for the present. So let's talk about um, what kind of work can be done to symbolize your new beginning. Because the temperance card shows a path. It's called the interrupted journey. It shows a path cut through by a little water stream, and then the path picks up on the other side. And standing by the water is an angel pouring from one cup to another. And the meaning of that is not a single drop is spilled. Nothing is lost. You just have to go through this little hard time, and you can get back on the path. Now, the path is not a yellow brick road to the land of Emerald City of Oz. Um, It is um, a winding path, and there is work to be done through your whole life. You will not be getting a, you know, uh, get out of difficulty free card here. But you need to get back on that path and understand that you do have an angel, an angelic helper, and that water, just like with our first client, water can be your friend in this situation. So I would. Um, and, and talking about the other cards that were were drawn tells me ways that you can work. And one of the ways the world is always about being seen. It's a, a woman dancing uh, naked in the sky with a little scarf kind of covering her up for modesty's sake. And so you need to have some confidence. You need to be able to get out. And every both readers, and I'm going to say based on this, is that you need to get out. So I'm going to give you some ideas. First of all, I'd like you to do some bathing for your own behalf, for your own self-confidence. And um, there are a number of um, love baths and self-love baths that can be done. And by self-love, I'm not using that as some sort of weird code for masturbation. I mean um, self Um, pride, self-identification with your physical body, grounding yourself in your physical body, and being alert and awake and alive to the prospects for love that you are looking for. So one of the ways to do this is to make what's called a sugar scrub. You can look online on on, uh, YouTube. They'll tell you how to make sugar scrubs. You can buy sugar scrubs. But I want you to make a spiritual sugar scrub. Sugar to make yourself sweet. And... um, I would like you to add to that sugar script just a few drops of some of the better love oils, such as look me over oil. That's to get attract, attention attracted, very much like the world card. And um, come to me oil is another one. that's to have people approach you. And love me. That's a good threesome. Uh, you can also, if you wanted to, add Follow Me Boy or Chuparosa. Pick any four of those oils, but at least those first three. You can get a four-ounce Root Workers Special 
but you only can get four oils in it. But start with Look Me Over, Come to Me, and Love Me. Um, you can add whatever other love thing you'd like. Fast luck if you just want to get laid real quick. The fourth oil is optional. You look through them. You get a four-ounce bottle of that and just add a, a few drops of that to your bath. And um, you use the sugar scrub. If you make your own sugar scrub, you can just add this oil into it, it homemade sugar scrub. And you're going to, you can do this in a shower or in a bath, and you're going to um, pray as you do this to whomever you pray and however you pray for love, for affection to be seen. And um, uh, scrub every part of your body. Um, you know, your your face, your neck, and you're going to go from your, you know, head on down. And every part of your body, you're going to name it and say, may my, just as an example, may my, my throat, my voice, my speech be loved and lovable or be lovable and loved. And then you go to your, uh, you know, your chest, your bosom, whatever. And you just, you're going to uh, scrub these and you're going to say, may they all be um, lovable and loved. And then as you let that water flow over you. You can take a little bit of the water. And um, I use a little bit of the leftover bath water in my laundry. I'm going to launder my sheets and pillowcases, and I'm going to, it'll have my essence and a little bit of this sugar scrub oil essence in it, not a lot. And you're going to pour a cup of that into your laundry. Launder your sheets and, and pillowcases. You can also launder your pajamas and nightgowns if you wear them. Um, but that card, the world, indicates you might not want to wear pajamas and nightgowns when you sleep until you find love. And there's a reason for that, because when you sleep between sheets, okay, that's to keep you warm and blankets. But when you put a nightgown or pajamas on, in addition, you're insulating yourself against sexuality. So sleep naked and just launder the, the bedding. And now you can um, also use that water to um, dress around the, the, the posts of your bed or the edges of your bed, and you can pour a little bit at your front door and say, now all, all my lovers that possible come to me. And um, you can also, when you make this sugar scrub, add a little bit of whatever perfume you like. If you don't like to use these scented oils, you can add any other perfume, whatever brand you like. And you can add some of the oil to your perfume or vice or some of the perfume to your oil and wear that when you go out. You have to get out and see people. You can't do it through the Internet. That's not going to work. Okay? So that is my advice to you. I also would like you to consider wearing a fascinator or talisman that is dressed with these oils. So um, given your sign, you can go and look up birth stones for your sign. Um, and you can just take any kind of pretty piece of jewelry that you like, but it has to be something that you can oil, and you're going to oil it. And when you wear it, I like to, myself, I have um, a beautiful gemstone necklaces, and I have matching rings and bracelets, and I dress them. The rings are particularly good as fascinators because as you are talking to people, it's a very typical female courting gesture to brush your hair out of your face, and the ring goes up. First you have the the um, the jewelry that's showing at your at, right above your bosom, which is what my grandmother used to call your shelf. She said, put your jewelry on your shelf. And then you have the ring, which is your fascinator, and you're going to smooth your hair back, and people will see that the ring and the necklace match, and they will be fascinated. And you put that through your hair. Through your hair. And um, that's, a, that's a human way to flirt. Um, 
and um, as you smooth your hair, they'll see the two. Okay. So those are some of my ideas. Um, dressed jewelry, talismanic jewelry. I think that what's required here is just some extra push. Um, I don't think the curse is operative at this time. I think the work that was done was successful from the cards that we got. Um, would either of you guys like to um, uh, jump in? Do you, do you agree with me that these are sort of simple, basic spells to do? Yeah, I only have a minor suggestion. Is I would address the bed that Miss Cat said with the perfume. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you were to make the perfume and add a couple drops of oil, like like she mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. you can dress the four corners of the bed with that perfume uh, uh, and yeah. wear it out. That way you're drawing that person as you go out. You're carrying that essence with you wherever you are. You flirt, and then you draw them back to your bed, which has already been fixed for you. Good, good. Um, that's very good. Um, another thing that I have found um, useful, if you're going to be doing your um, bedding, do your underwear. And so you don't have to, like if you've got a dress that can't be just run through the laundry, well, that's too bad. But um, but but at least do your underwear and get that dress because you want your underwear to match in scent and intention to your uh, bedding. And I have to say here that I myself am a Taurus, so this for me is a very basic kind of sexuality spell. Um, there are people who don't, work that way, but um, a Libra is ruled by Venus, so um, some of the gemstones and um, things that would be good for you are coral, blood coral, pink coral, any kind of coral, uh, any green stone, peridot, uh, or peridot, some people pronounce it, emerald, anything green, um, anything that has um, brass, um, anything of luxury, um, those would be the good things. What do you think, um, Elvira? I think those are very good. I agree with all of what has been said. I would also suggest doing a cup with a cup of sugar in it and use a key um, and make it a symbolic spiritual key, not a house key, a common key, and hold that key like you're going to go into a lock but put it in your sugar, turn it left all the way around and pull it out. And while you're doing that, it's unlock and sweeten the joys of relationship and romance to come to me in a balanced and harmonious way and keep that key with you and do this every day starting um, probably the best time started on a dark moon, go to the full moon and another dark moon and then just keep, then keep that sugar and um, make that sort of part of your, um, if you want to redo the bathing, uh, that would be good to use at that point. Uh, but definitely the key needs to stay with you. Okay. And I have one other comment. Somebody asked about menstrual blood, and I said that's for sex. And I would not use that until I found a love. Um, I, I would do these romance things first. Get to the menstrual blood when you're actually ready to tie some person. Using just straight-up mm. menstrual blood with all the men in the world is not the best idea. Okay. You, for all the men in the world, first you want the love. Then you pick out one guy or woman or whoever it is you're going to. That's when you use the menstrual blood. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now we come to the dreaded network schedule announcement of doom. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condram and Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour 
with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California. Take it away, Miss Elvira. Well, this was definitely meant to be. I just accidentally spilled some of my water onto my paper, which is basically about a water spell. So I think there's a, something of a, a irony in this. Um, what I would suggest is a bowl of water when you place your with your altar, whatever you're doing, a special bowl of water that has a moonstone in it, a black tourmaline, some juniper berries, eucalyptus leaves, and salt, kosher salt. And what you do is you keep it there while you're doing your rituals or the work or the candle work. When you're done, you take five small vials and you take water from each one, put water in each one of those vials and put them in the four corners of your home and the fifth one in the center. And that is to protect your home from fire as well because these are all protective um, elements and the water itself can be put around the outside of the house or the perimeter, uh, you know, of course with an apartment, I would say sprinkle it around your house in a, in a clockwise way, calling on Archangel Michael or St. Floridian and because St. Floridian is the patron saint of firefighters and of course Archangel Michael though Priory is a protector as well. Yeah, St. Florian is one of my very favorites. I just have to put a shout out because so few people know about St. Florian. He was a Roman centurion whose job was a firefighter. And St. Florian is shown in old, old paintings as standing on the roof of the house, often with a millstone. They tried to drown him. but um, he's, he, he, And sometimes he'll be, the building will be on fire, and he's pouring a pitcher of water on the fire. I love St. Florian. Wow. Yeah, wow. St. Florian. I, I collect um, Roman Catholic saints who were at one time Roman army centurions. It's a small but select mm-hmm. group, and I have a little museum mm-hmm. of them, and St. Florian is one. But this is a lovely spell, and I'm going to go back to the herbs that you mentioned um, and um, and the stones. So black tourmaline, of course, repels bad. You, moonstone is definitely for the moon influence, for the water influence. Eucalyptus juniper um, berries, those are fabulous protectants, um, and, of course, kosher salt and water. These are great um, protectants. I would ask you, would it be okay to add willow water instead of using plain water? Because willow is for the moon. You say that, yes. And I will you knew I would say it. (laughs) Yes, well, this is what I was looking, uh, when I was trying to put it together, I kept hearing willow, 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 and I ignored it. So now you just made the reason why. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make your own willow water but You can buy willow water already made Pussy willow water, regular willow water Whatever you want to call it uh-huh. But you can uh-huh. I, you could also add willow I would recommend it because it does grow by the water And I have a very strong connection to willow myself um, Weeping willow, whatever you want to call it So yeah, right. you you probably heard me talking in the ether there 
I must have because I swear that I was literally doing that and I kept hearing that and I kept like, but I have five. I want five. And, of course, that's my intellect uh-huh. going, the sacred yes. five. You know, oh, yes. Course, we, oh, because you're pagan, correct. of course, the sacred five. And I'm going three herbs because <laughs> I'm not so pagan. Right. How okay, cool. People are go. funny. Well, you you take your you take your pick, but I think that's the only thing. I mean, it's a really beautiful way to work. And um, putting um, uh, little bowls of water on the corners of your room is very old. There's another. Um, if you wanted to to go a little further, there's some older stuff in the genuine black and white magic of Marie Laveau, mm-hmm. and you'll see this also in some other older books. Um, putting out pans of rosemary water around for protection for women too. Any any herb that you resonate with that has a female component or a lunar component would be good in in this idea. But the idea of setting out little bowls of water is not something new, and it's mm-hmm. it's quite old. And I really mm-hmm. love the to work that way. So mm-hmm. thank you for bringing us that spell. I think it's a great spell. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, and it is a metaphysical or spiritual way to ward off the effects of too much fire. It is not going to be um, a replacement for that fire extinguisher that you have to have, right? It's not going to be a replacement for getting the curtains away from where you were. It's not going to be a replacement for that sand, and it's not going to be a replacement for a lot of things. By the way, sand. Back in the days before um, fire extinguishing, we didn't talk about this, there used to be pails of sand kept around. In um, in churches and places where fire was used, in in kitchens for a grease fire, a pail of sand is a really good thing mm-hmm. to have. You can um, mm-hmm. you can use that pail of sand uh, uh, rather than a pan of sand. Have a pail of sand sitting out, maybe under the altar. Just be able to grab it and just throw sand on top of a fire. It really does work. Buckets of sand. Wow. Wow. All right. Well. Uh, this has been a very interesting show for me. It's also a very fraught show because, as I said, I've lost people I know uh, to this. Um, and uh, Nagashiva mentioned something else here. Stop, drop, and roll. We had a friend um, who also had an altar fire and was not raised in the United States and didn't know, hadn't had it drilled into her, stop, drop, and roll. She, you know, she didn't see Dick Van Dyke do it on children's television and uh, she ran for the bathroom and tried to get in the shower and she was too late she suffered very severe burns because of it if you've ever heard of stop drop and roll you know what to do immediately that should be in your mind if there is a fire thank you so much Shiva for mentioning that just go look on um, YouTube type in Dick Van Dyke stop drop and roll and you will understand why that's important to do it will smother the fire and put it out rather than standing there or running. The worst thing can be is running because more oxygen comes into the fire. Now, why? this is if your clothes catch on fire, and I'll tell you why your clothes might catch on fire. Lots of ladies like to wear diaphanous uh, gowns <laughs> while doing fire magic because they saw it on television or uh, in a movie. And um, be careful, those diaphanous gowns will really go up in flames. So I'm not Mm. saying don't wear long dresses. I'm saying be careful of those diaphanous gowns, okay? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Well, we've we've, um, really kind of 
hit um, a lot of sensitive topics here, and I hope we have not offended any um, in talking this way about fire. Um, but we do know that in those who work with fire really do need to practice fire safety. So good luck to all of you. Use your brains and um, and keep safe. All right, we're going to uh, turn this over to Papa Newt. I hear the music, and he's going to give us our final announcements, and then we'll all come back and say goodbye. Thank you, Miss Kat and Conjurmental Lee, and thank you, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers will be Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us the topic on hoodoo perfumery. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Pop Newt, joining you from popnewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive by luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you, Papa New. And I want to thank everybody who's been in the chat room. And we've got Luminaria Star, Justin Sanders, um, of course, Tony I, and um, Covet Gift 2, Angela L, M86428. That's a surprise person. And, um, and as always, the That's mysterious up. Eye of Newt. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so... Um, all of y'all, thanks for being in the chat, giving us some great ideas and kibitzing. The chat log, as always, will be uh, groomed and then uploaded, and um, we'll be able to find it at the Lucky Mojo Forum. And we will be back again next week. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.